We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Take 10, an LPM podcast. My name is Kevin McMenamin with LP Magazine, and joining me today is Lauren Kaur. She's the Senior Director of AML for ACAMS, and Tiffany Polyek, uh, Project Coordinator and Researcher for ACAMS. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Lauren and Tiffany. Thank you for the opportunity. You're happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. We're really excited to um, to kind of dive into uh, what you guys bring to the table because this is this is really interesting and it's it's a little bit outside of the normal realm of of retail investigations so to speak but it's actually such a really critical component um that i think as we develop these relationships with with folks like your like yourselves in uh, in the investigative community and across retail um this could be really beneficial so let's start with a little bit about acams and what is acams all about Sure, absolutely. So we are the largest international membership organization focused on fighting uh, financial crimes. We're in 175 countries. We have over 89,000 members. And really, we are primarily geared towards webinar content, training content, thought leadership, public-private partnership, continuing uh, professional education, all of these different uh, training mechanisms to better equip those within the anti-financial crimes community to combat illicit crimes, such as we'll, we'll talk about uh, later today, organized retail crime. And, and your focus today has been not really been on organized retail crime, right? So, so what are the, tell us a little bit of what the financial institutions are doing today to help the investigative community um, follow the money, right? And identify these networks. But even though these networks are in kind of other areas, but it, it sort of applies, you know, over on the retail side too, right? Absolutely. And I think this is where we've had kind of this interesting awakening um, in in working with you and in working with HSI a little bit is we're seeing that criminals don't do this for free. There's going to be a money component to it. And right now, financial institutions, all financial institutions have to have a mechanism to detect and report suspicious activity. Now, typically what we think about that might be terrorism, you know, terrorist financing, proliferation financing, human trafficking, human smuggling. And so we have these massive systems in play right now that, that detect and report this activity. And, you know, I, I think as, as we've kind of gone down this road of organized retail crime, it's not really on the radar of financial institutions, especially within the United States. So how can we bring that awareness to those financial institutions? I think that's really where we're, we're seeing such a great opportunity right now. Um, our goal, and I, I know Tiffany in a little bit is going to talk us through some typologies and different ways that, you know, boosters, fencers can exploit the financial institution. But I think what we're going to find as we really start digging into this, you know, on the upcoming webinar and, and future work down the road is that following the money, these, you know, instead of just going after one, one or two individuals or, or maybe smaller networks, what potentially are we going to see when we remove the curtain and start actually following the money to the bigger criminal enterprises? And I think that's typically what you would see in a normal, um, you know, an organized retail crime, or I'm sorry, organized criminal organization. It gets much broader once you start following the money because they're not doing this for free. So I, I think that's where we're really excited about this opportunity. 
um, and really start digging into some of the typologies and so forth. Let's explore that a little bit, Tiffany. Tell us about the the, the typologies, the financial typologies that you're expanding on to um, to help trace that money flow. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think it's important to note that financial institutions do have very advanced detection mechanisms, especially with money with money laundering, and money laundering. Uh, mechanisms will likely be exploited by most of these organized retail crime groups. Um, so, you know, you have basic red flags like structuring and multiple individual and thir third party deposits and the normal, you know, red flags for money laundering. I think an important red flag could be um, by with a buyer and a seller having identical addresses um, on their deposit slips and you know, the same noted registered agents, I think that could be important with organized retail crime. But in general, I would say a lot of these red flags and typologies will look a lot like basic money laundering schemes. So if we bring awareness to these financial institutions, and if we start scrutinizing these money laundering cases, maybe we can build out better typologies and help with investigations that are specific to organized retail crime. If I can build off that real quick, Tiffany, I think what's yeah. important to, to know is, you know, financial institutions do their own internal investigations. And so right. right now, when we would be looking at a transaction, so maybe one of the typologies that Tiffany just brought forward, or maybe a typology, you know, that's involving what we would call a shell company. So businesses mm -hmm. that are just shed up, uh, set up with no real ownership or no real presence. And they use these different mechanisms to funnel you know, funnel different money through. And I, you know, where, where it's going to be interesting is if I put, you know, my old banking hat on and I was looking at these transactions, I might not, and I just see, um, you know, oh, look, they're doing transactions with an online store, an online marketplace such as Amazon. And I don't want to steal your thunder, Tiffany, because I know you've done <laughs> a lot of great building of typologies on that. But, you know, if I'm a, if I'm an investigator in a banking industry and I'm looking at this going, oh, wow, they seem to have a lot of transactions with, you know, an online marketplace. Oh, and let me do a peer comparison to another business that has an online marketplace. Hopefully you're following me. I'm not getting too much in the weeds, but, you know, and it's sticking out. Could this be a bigger opportunity, a, a, you know, a bigger criminal organization? Could they be setting up front companies, shell companies, transaction laundering, all of these different mechanisms that are originally tied to the you know, one to two, you know, the boosters to the fencers, and then now they're really exploiting the, the bigger enterprises. What's great too, is there's a lot of information sharing network opportunities between financial institutions, where if we have a concern about suspicious activity, we can reach out. So let's say, you know, Kevin, you're at a financial institution and I'm seeing a lot of transactions from online marketplaces and I'm sending the money over to you, you know, and you have a financial, you have an account in another financial institution. I can reach out to that financial institution and say, hey, Kevin, what, you know, what is this customer doing? What is this? potential fence are doing? Are they doing similar things? So even internally amongst financial institutions, we can start building larger financial transaction networks that then we can deliver over to law enforcement, let's say like HSI, and, and help them, give them a bigger picture to investigate. What are the things that the retailers can do um, to help better assist um, you all and, and or the financial institutions um, in detecting and reporting you know, these, the suspicious illicit money activity, you know, uh, related with ORC. 
So this is this is the challenge, and this is the challenge we face as a financial institution. Uh, I, I I still have my hat on, like I was I was I'm recently from from a financial institution, but it's then now we're talking information sharing, right? So we're seeing the financial data of it. We have law enforcement that understands these are the subjects of interest, and then we have our retailers that are this is happening to. So how do we kind of begin building that triangle of free information sharing between the three of us? And I think that's an additional opportunity that we have, you know, the kind of, I guess, part two of, of bringing in the financial institutions in this and bringing that awareness, because I, I, you know, how do we, how do we merge those two? How do we merge what I see as a financial institution, as a transaction, I'm seeing online marketplace purchases. I'm seeing, you know, sending money to different individuals, some of these third-party depositors, I'm seeing that but how do I know that's tied to, you know, one of the retailers just lost, you know, several thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise. And now that financial institutions, you know, processing the payments for what that, you know, fencer might be selling or that criminal enterprise might be selling. And so I think that's going to be kind of that, where, where is that? I'm not quite sure, you know, maybe I'm hopefully by the webinar, we will have that solved. <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know, how do we do that? Cause I think that there, there's kind of the, the two, two sides. And you know they're not they're not intersecting right now because that that could help put the picture to, together better. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, you mentioned the webinar, and and uh, for folks listening to this, if um, if this is after March third, twenty twenty two, then uh, make sure you check out the recorded podcast. But if not, uh, and you're listening to it before then, please do um, take a minute to uh, mark on your calendar March third, two p.m for the uh, upcoming webinar on follow the money where we're going to be bringing in some investigative resources as well as um, lauren and tiffany from acams and we're going to talk a lot more about uh, the whole process of identifying this uh, pattern and flow of money and helping to partner with not only the investigative community but with the financial community um, to help identify and then hopefully dismantle these criminal networks so um, Lauren and Tiffany, thank you both so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. And, um, and we're really looking forward to speaking to you a little bit more in, uh, in the upcoming session on Follow the Money. So thank you both very much. Thank you. And thank, thank you for having us. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is uh, take 10. Uh, it might actually be take 10 plus today. We might have gone take 11 or take 12, but that's okay because it was well worth it. So I'm Kevin McMenamin, your host, and look forward to having you join us for another LPM podcast soon. So take care, everyone, and stay safe. Thank you. You're listening to the LPM podcast.